0: Have you ever asked God for a miracle or wondered how in the world you should go about that if you need one? I'm willing to bet that if you're listening to this, there's some kind of miracle that you need in your life right this minute. I'm going to share with you the details of a few miracles that happened to me just last week while Neil reminisces about some that happened on his mission 20 years ago, and then we'll share the formula that you can follow to seek and expect miracles in your life too. (music) So it's Tuesday and I just got back from girls camp on Saturday. It was actually like a big youth camp. And we drove out to St. George, Utah, which was like a six hour drive from where we live in South Orange County. And I did get a lot of questions. How were we able to travel that far? And we, so we have a radius of where our youth camps are allowed to travel to. And that was, I guess, just right on the edge of the radius. So we were given permission to go to Southern Utah and take our youth to St. George. And it was so fun. We had two houses that we rented, one for the boys, one for the girls. They weren't right next door to each other. They were just down the street and had a bunch of youth leaders go. And I was so excited to go. I have always loved girls camp. I was never the kid that was like, oh, I don't want to go, or my parents had to drag me there. I was always so pumped to go to girls camp. And even as a leader, I've always been so excited. I loved it last year. I was excited to go this year. However, this year I was presented with a little bit of a problem, which was my back pain. And I've had, I've been struggling with back pain since the fall, really since I remember we, I was supposed to have a group of moms over To celebrate kids going back to school. And I had to cancel it because this SI joint, the sacroiliac joint in my back, went out to the point where I couldn't even walk. Like when this happens and when it happens really bad, Neil has to be my human walker. I have to like hold on to his arms, his forearms, as if he was a walker to even get myself from the bed to the bathroom in the morning. And it's terrible when it happens. So, it kind of flared up a couple weeks before girls camp and I was feeling pretty nervous about leaving. I mean, I think you were also questioning my ability.
1: I was a little concerned <laughs> with a five hour drive and then six, six, uh, six hour drive and then trying to hustle around at the camp. I was a little bit nervous of how that was going to look for you.
0: I was nervous too. So, but I actually was. Studying this talk by our prophet, Russell M. Nelson, right before we left. And he talked about the importance of spiritual momentum and how, if you get really good momentum going in any direction, a positive or negative direction, then you can keep going and going. And he talks about a basketball game and how, at this basket, this BYU basketball game that he was at recently, he watched. BYU was, I think they were tied, or it was maybe they were down just a little bit. And then they got some momentum. They started making baskets and they were able to just carry that momentum and build and build and build and win the game. And so he talks about how important that is. And he gives five suggestions. And one of them, suggestion number four, really stood out to me. And it is seek and expect miracles. So I read through this whole thing. I studied it in depth and really tried to take it to heart and think, can I? seek and expect a miracle in this situation. So I decided to be pretty bold and put it to the test. So today we're going to talk about what that looks like and how to actually apply that in your life. Neil, let's start off with you because you said you had some pretty cool experiences that you were reminiscing last week.
1: Yes. So while you were out of town, I was by myself with the kids. And after the kids went down 20 years ago, figured it out. was with somebody who I served a mission with in Canada. We figured it out that right now would have, 20 years ago, would have been the time that we were serving together. Um it was, I just barely got to Toronto, Canada as a missionary for our church. And we were working together in light of this. I'm like, let me read my journal. I kept a journal like every day of my mission. And so I just went back through while Karen was gone and was reading, just reading through it. It was really cool. Well, one of the things that stood out to me, and I think it was like a really faith building, it taught me how to apply my faith, not just believe, but kind of put the belief and the action together. So I read a bunch of journal entries. There was one kind of area that I was in, just in the greater Toronto area, it was called Brampton, uh, Brampton, Ontario, Canada. So we would set goals to talk to people, um, how many people you talk to, and then hopefully one of those people would say, hey, I want to hear your message.
0: So who came up with the goal idea? Was that you or um companion? I think
1: as a mission we did it.
0: Oh, okay. The whole mission.
1: And then we specifically as I think our group or our zone, it was kind of like a collection of a bunch of different pairs of missionaries, we kind of decided— we're like, all right, we're going to set goals each day of what we want to do. So our goal was to teach, we call them a discussion. So there was like a series of six lessons or discussions that you would share with people. The first one was kind of the basics of our beliefs in God and in uh, like the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith. And so in this first discussion, we would share those things. So we made a goal. We're like, all right, we'd get really specific. And it was kind of scary doing this at first. I'm like, I don't know, like, can we do this? Like, But a lot of times we would pray in the morning before we left for the day. And we'd say like, all right, before 12 o'clock, before noon, we want to teach a first discussion. And then when we would pray before we left and basically pray and ask God, say, hey, Heavenly Father, we want to teach a first discussion before noon. Help us to know what to do in order to make that a reality and to do that it was a little, I was a little like, okay, how's this going to go? I'd been rejected a lot up to this point on my mission and just had a lot of, faced a lot of rejection and talking to people and knocking on doors. So I'm like, all right, let's, I believe like, let's let's do it. After a little while of doing this, it was crazy. We would pray in the morning, say that prayer, then go out And just miraculous things. And I was reading through my journal of all these experiences where that started to happen. It happened like frequently, like almost every day. It was like today we taught another first discussion. And there was one instance where it was like we had an appointment in the morning that we knocked on the door. They weren't there, but we're walking back to the car. And all of a sudden I had this feeling or impression like knock on the door next to the person that you were going to visit. And my partner you paired up with, but we went and we knocked on the door next to it and we got in and the person wanted to hear what we had to say. We shared a first discussion and it happened a ton. And a lot of times it was like on someone's front porch. They're like, Hey, I've got a minute, share with us what you've got to share. So this kept happening. And every time it happened, it just built my faith and belief and knowledge, like, this is awesome like we can pray and when you've been rejected that many times i think of like any door to door sales or as a, if you've served a mission or whatever you know like how disheartening that is and you get to the point to where you're like knock a door and you're like they're not going to they're not going to let us in like it can you really get in your head but when you start to see that every single day like man we can actually do this like it is a miracle. It's a, like, I'm like, it's miraculous that they let us in, were receptive to what we had to say. And we were able to share something like that in my mind at that point in time on my mission, like that was a miracle. I'm like, I, this is crazy to see this happen. And it happened like every day. Wow. That was a really faith building, seeking and expecting miracles. At that point, that was a miracle for me, for sure. And really cool to see. And looking back, it still is is very miraculous to me to read that from my journal.
0: And seeing it consistently too is really Yeah.
1: Not just like it happened so one time. Cool. This happened like every day for a long period of time.
0: That's so cool. So let's read through. I'm gonna share the formula that Russell M. Nelson shares about seeking and expecting miracles. And then I can tell you kind of what happened to me last week at our girls' camp. So he shares that Moroni assures us that God has not ceased to be a God of miracles. And I love that part in Moroni where he asks, has the day of miracles ceased? And, and then he says, no, we see miracles all the time. And so this is what Russell M. Nelson says, every book of scripture demonstrates how willing the Lord is to intervene in the lives of those who believe in him. Which is pretty cool if you think about that. Every book of scripture Is a testament of the Lord being willing to intervene for us on our behalf. It's such a cool concept. He parted the Red Sea from Moses. He helped Nephi retrieve the brass plates and restored his church through the prophet Joseph Smith. And that's what we believe. But even if you don't believe in our same church, you can look at probably in your faith system, most likely there are evidences of miracles that God has performed that you believe in. Each of these miracles took time and may not have been exactly what those individuals originally requested from the Lord, which kind of goes back to God is not a vending machine. We've talked about that before. You don't just like walk up and order something and then expect it to pop out.
1: Order blessings and push a button and get them on the spot.
0: But he says, in the same way, the Lord will bless you with miracles if you believe in him doubting nothing. And the doubting nothing part is... A reference to our scripture, Mormon 9.21 in the Book of Mormon, Behold, I say unto you that whoso believeth in Christ, doubting nothing whatsoever, he shall ask the Father in the name of Christ, and it shall be granted him. And this promise is unto all, even unto the ends of the earth. So then President Nelson says, Do the spiritual work to seek miracles. Prayerfully ask God to help you exercise that kind of faith. I promise that you can experience for yourself that Jesus Christ giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Okay, so that part was super important to me, that he giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Because for me, I was thinking, okay, I really, really want to go serve and be useful and be helpful at this girls camp. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be someone who can barely get in and out of the car or walk or you know, I can't carry anything or I can't stand because when my sacroiliac joint goes out, it's so painful to do pretty much anything other than lie down on flat on my back. I was thinking, you know, I don't want to go and and have this be something that is holding anyone back or creating a burden for the group. I want to go and be helpful. What President Nelson was referencing was Isaiah forty twenty nine, where he says, He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. And then he says, few things will accelerate your spiritual momentum more than realizing the Lord is helping you to move a mountain in your life. So I thought, okay, I am going to put this to the test and not like I'm going to test God, but I'm going to follow what our spiritual leader has instructed us to do to seek and expect miracles. So I just prayed really, really sincerely, like really hard right before girls camp and said, okay, Heavenly Father. If there's any way, and if it is your will, please, will you help me to feel well enough to just be functional? That was it. That was why I was seeking was just give me enough strength to be functional so that I can be helpful and not be a burden. And that was my prayer. And that was what I was hoping for. And I woke up the day of camp and I felt fine. And we loaded all the things in the car and I drove out from here to Southern Utah and I felt fine the whole drive. And I felt fine the whole week. We were there from Tuesday to Saturday. And it truly was miraculous that I went from the very week before for days consistently feeling like it was hard for me to function. And Neil would have to try to reset that joint at least once a day leading up to that trip for, I don't know, 10 days before or something. And then during the trip, it did not bother me at all. I couldn't believe it. It felt so unreal. And I just kept saying prayers of gratitude, just thanking Heavenly Father for getting me through another day, not feeling that pain. And it felt miraculous to me. And there were several other things too, where we prayed for safety for the kids. And then there, a bunch of kids went cliff jumping. They were jumping off this really high cliff. And one of the kids got up there and she was supposed to jump with someone else. And the other person jumped and then she hesitated. And I don't know if you've ever seen anyone do that, but She hesitated, but then she still kind of jumped, but because she didn't take like a running leap and confidently jump off the rocks, she kind of hesitated. She jumped off and she was really close to the rocks as she's falling down. And the kids were describing to me what that felt like, jumping off this really high rock. They said, it's not so much how scary it is jumping off, but it's scary when you realize how long you've been falling falling and you're still falling and you're still falling and you still haven't hit the water. So they're describing this to me and then they're telling me about this girl who jumped off the rocks and her body was so close to the rocks because she didn't get that confident like running jump. And apparently one of her limbs was out, like her arm or her hand or something, and it hit the rocks and it kind of propelled her to where she was spinning out. And then she hit the water. But if she had been closer or she had hit her head or her neck or something, I mean, it could have been so much worse. She basically just walked away with a pretty minor injury. I think it was her foot. I think it was like her her ankle or her foot or something that hit the rocks, but comparatively, nothing serious. And that felt like a miracle. We were all so grateful. We were talking about it after how grateful we were that it felt like there were angels that were watching out for her. And there were a couple of other things. There were a couple of kids who got lost out on the lake that they couldn't find for a while. And we started praying that leaders started asking all the other leaders to pray, and we prayed, and and these kids were found, and they were fine. And that could have gone another way. And then this was a silly kind of funny thing, but we took just the girls to a con. Have you ever been to a con? It's pretty cool. No, beautiful theater. outdoor theater. It's really hot. If you ever go, take a personal fan with you. A few people had those, and I was like, oh, they've this is not their first rodeo. They've been here before because <laughs> it's hot. It's really hot, but it's beautiful. So it's outdoor it's set up right against the red rocks and they put on these broadway quality productions so they're really high quality the cast is incredible the singing the acting the dancing all of it's just amazing We bought all the tickets for the girls to go. And we brought all the girl adult leaders, brought all of the younger, the teenage girls with us. And we had purchased enough tickets for everybody. We had enough tickets for everyone to get in because we got everyone in. But then when we went to sit down, there was some kind of a mix up and we kept counting and counting and looking at the tickets, looking at the seats, looking at the girls. And somehow we kept coming up too short. We were two seats short and we just could not figure out what was wrong. And it was hard because we couldn't buy, there were like four. 40-something of us, just the girls. So we couldn't buy like a block of 40 tickets together, right? We had to kind of buy them in like groups. So like a group of 10, a group of eight, a group of six, a group of two, a group of four. Like it was kind of just hodgepodge together. So we kept looking at the chart, looking at the tickets we had purchased, looking at the seating, and we could not figure out what to do about these two seats. And then the production was starting and we were kind of like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And I sat down. Finally, the young women's president said, here, you go sit with this other leader in these couple of seats. We sat down and right next to us, there was a seat that was open. It was a single seat. And we kind of looked around and she asked the person sitting next to us, is this your seat? And he said, oh yeah, that is our seat, but we're not using it. And we were like, oh, thank goodness. So there was this one seat and we, so we immediately texted one of the leaders, like, send somebody down. We've got an extra seat. And that felt like a miracle. And then we looked in the the row in front of us and said, oh my gosh, there's one more seat. I don't know if the person overheard us or if she asked again, but we found out that that one other seat in the row in front of us also belonged to that super nice couple sitting next to us. So two seats just miraculously happened to pop up right next to us. And it just solved that problem perfectly, immediately. And that felt like a little miracle where it's kind of uncomfortable, like the production starting. I mean, you are, of all people, you know theater etiquette better than anyone I know.
1: I wouldn't say I know it better other than don't don't mess around with... My dad was a directed drama and history teacher at Skyline High School in Utah for... Thirty eight years? I think I'm gonna get that wrong. But for sure more time. than yeah, like he thirty five plus years. Like multiple generations of people yeah. in the Utah area. So whenever we went to a show with my dad, it was like you're there on time, early, like yeah. fifteen minutes early, in your seat.
0: You sit down, you, and don't, you don't
1: leave. Talk, you and don't you leave. Don't, You don't mess around. Right. Like you don't come in late and like step over people. It's, yeah. So we're
0: sitting there trying to figure out how to solve this problem where we're short two seats. And it just totally felt like a miracle that these two single seats happened to be right next to us. And they happened to be this really nice couple who said, oh, those are our seats. You can take them. Because they, they didn't have to. They didn't have to be nice like that. But it just felt like it was totally... Meant to be that way. That's
1: interesting too. Like, I really am a firm believer in seeing those type of things as miracles. So much of the time, you hear stories of huge miracles, or in the scriptures, which I totally one hundred percent believe.
0: Right, Moses parting the Red Sea, like that
1: happened. I, I really do believe that, and those are so incredible. But I think little things like that in those moments can be. In, wow, in Heavenly Father almost, just helped us know, out. Miraculous, yeah. like can, can feel that way and be just as special to me as those stories that I've heard. Or it's just those little moments of really feeling like God sees us. I think of our little kids, like our little girl, like I don't really care about Barbies or something like that or a special toy. But if my little Harry or Millie drops their favorite toy or suddenly that toy is extremely important to me. Or this situation is like, it's everything to me. Like I got to get them this, this little doll or whatever, or find it for them if they lose it. But I think Heavenly Father, a lot of times we, we want things that are maybe in our eyes, we're thinking like, he doesn't care about this or this isn't a big deal. But I think that God loves us and knows that there's a need and grants us these small miracles to help build our faith and trust in him. And that a lot of times I need that evidence. People would say us, say to us all the time as a missionary, they would be like, prove it, prove there is a God, prove where's your evidence. What's really cool is you can cite these incidents in your life. Like for me, looking back to these being able to teach a first discussion before noon or whatever, this became my evidence. And collecting that evidence through a lifetime and journaling it and citing it, like that is data. Like Mm. that is data for me and evidence of times God has come through for me in my life and for other people as well, to where that builds faith and that enables more miracles in your life. So, really, really cool. I I think like that is a big deal. Find out a couple seats at a theater show. That is a big miracle.
0: So one other miracle that happened. It felt like the fishes and the loaves. I was in charge. My group, my age group, I was the only leader left in our age group by the end of the week. When a couple of leaders went home early for family things and whatever. So we were in charge of the last night dinner. We had kind of overordered every meal or we would order whatever was suggested the amount. And then we ended up with leftover food each time. So that last night, we ordered the food. The kids really wanted Italian food. So I scoped out all the restaurants and found somewhere where it was pretty affordable to be able to order just these trays of food. And it said, this is how many you'll need for this many people. But I thought, we're going to underorder a little bit because I don't want extra food we won't be able to drive it all the way back to California, and I don't want to waste. We can't eat it as a leftover the next day because we're leaving the next morning first thing. So I already under-ordered 10 servings. I thought, okay, we're, we're going to have like 80-something people. Let's order for 70. So it was actually even more than 10. It was a little more than 10 that I, maybe like 13 or 14 or something that I thought, we'll just, I'm just going to bet that this is going to be the right amount. So we order this however amount of food and we're bringing them in and I tell people like okay don't stack them, they'll collapse. Just one at a time, make sure you bring something out to hold them. They're really hot. So, you know, a bunch of the boys are coming going to the car and bringing the food in. And one of the trays of food gets dumped on the ground. And they come in and they're just they've got like these deer in headlights. Look. And they're like, "Sister Stoko, we we lost one of the st- trays and i was like what do you mean lost like is any of it salvageable they were like no it's like all over the ground like there's no way so i immediately i look at the food i look at all these people like 80 people and i just start praying like oh my gosh heavenly father please help us to have enough food because i already kind of underordered and then we lost an entire tray of food so we could be in trouble here So I just start praying, praying, praying. And I thought, well, like worst case scenario, I guess I could try to like hurry and make something, make some food enough for these people. But I thought we were supposed to have a testimony meeting right after. So we really had to stay right on the schedule. And as everybody went through the line and we served food to everyone, it was amazing to me. It really did feel like a miracle. We got everyone through the line. Everyone got a full plate of food. And there was even a little bit left over at the end for a few kids who wanted like a second helping. So I was feeling super grateful. Like Heavenly Father just made that food last and spread out throughout the whole group to where we had plenty for everyone. It was pretty amazing.
1: I feel like that happened one time too, when we had the missionaries over and they, oh, we,
0: I forgot about we that. It. That's we, a like, good one.
1: There was two missionaries coming over and yep. then they're like, Hey, we're like traveling today. We've got another group of elders with us. Can we bring them over? We're like, uh sure.
0: They tell us like like
1: uh, like five minutes before. If
0: that. And we're yeah. like,
1: uh okay. And then I remember walking at, into the kitchen and just I think either you or I said it were like loaves and fishes. There you know. were
0: three. The the companionship and these that are they like brought.
1: Go- like elders like guys. Full grown like men. men. Like
0: So not only did they <laughs> I thought, okay, we're not we're doubling our Amount of people, like not two but four, but it wasn't just four; it was five because the second companionship that that's they brought in, it was them. a threesome. Yeah, that's right. So we had three extra people, so five grown men in addition to our family, and I definitely had not bought enough food for that. that
1: somehow, and I remember being like full after that meal. I was like, and they were. Too, I think there was even some left over. Like they, yeah. they, it was. So again, I think things like that happen. A lot, and I think it is okay. Like, it's it's good to have those. There's a, a phrase used in our church, Tender Mercies. One mm-hmm. of the apostles, uh, Elder Bednar, kind of gave a talk on that early once he was called as an apostle. Of basically, like, these moments where you feel like God sees you and gives you a miracle or a blessing to let you know that he's there, that you can build your faith off of.
0: So, a... F- couple years ago, let's see, this was July 14th, 2019. There was an Angels baseball player who passed away. His name was Tyler Skaggs. He was number 45. He passed away on July 1st and the Angels pitched a no hitter against the Mariners on the 11th. It was their no- the 11th no hitter in franchise history. Skaggs wore an 11 on his high school jersey. The Angels scored seven runs in the first inning and 13 total runs to win the game. Tyler's birthday was 7-13. And the last time a combined no-hitter was pitched in the state of California was the day Skaggs was born, 7-13-1991. Angel player Mike Trout hit a home run that went 454 feet. And to add to the coincidental numbers of their win, Trout finished the game reaching base 45% 45% of his last 45 games. And Mike Trout said, it's just stuff you can't make up. And then I loved this too. This was from an article. And these were just memories that popped up this past weekend that I thought were really cool to think back on. USA Today shared this tweet by Mike DiGiovanna and he was quoting D. Gordon from the Mariners. He said, I got one thing to say and I'm going to be done with it. If you don't believe in God, you might want to start. I said it three years ago when I hit the homer for Jose Fernandez. They had a no-hitter today. Y'all better start. That's all I got. And I think that all of those little statistics that lined up exactly with this Angels player, Tyler Skaggs, who died, you know, the 45, the 7-11, the 454 feet the 45 games, like all of these numbers that just perfectly aligned with all these important numbers in that player's life. It's like Mike Trout said, it's stuff you can't make up. And I think that there are little things like that, little miracles, little tender mercies that God gives us to say, I'm paying attention. I'm in the details. I'm part of your life. The cool part about this challenge that I talked about at the beginning from the leader of our church, President Nelson, is, you know, he says, seek and expect miracles. So I think sometimes it can feel like, gosh, am I, who am I to ask for a miracle? It's key to remember what he said, where he says, each of these miracles took time and may not have been exactly what those individuals originally requested from the Lord. That's an interesting thing to think about, like Moses parting the Red Sea. I wonder if that was really what he expected. That's a pretty like out there way to deliver the children of Israel. Like, was he thinking that the soldiers were just going to, the horses were going to trample from underneath them or, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder what he, if he asked for that or if he was expecting the Red Sea to part or if it was something else. I mean, also, I think you look at someone like Noah and building that boat big, an ark big enough to fit all these animals and people on. I wonder if that really was something that he, the miracle that he sought, or if God was like, no, this is the way it's going to be. You know, this is, this is the manner in which I want you to have this miracle or save yourself or save, save the people that are believers. And so I do think that it's an interesting parallel that a lot of people who talk about giving their whole life to God will talk about how it didn't look the way that they planned or it didn't come together the way they had asked for. Sometimes it comes together in a completely different way.
1: Absolutely. A lot of times it's like looking back in retrospect and seeing in those. It was interesting, just an exercise of, I think journaling is so powerful. I really need to get better, like do it more frequently. I've Typically kept a pretty good journal most of my life, but looking back and reading it. And I think that is the power of keeping a journal is you have evidence written down in your own hand and in your own words to refer back to when you have those moments of clarity or those miracles happen that you look at and you're like, man, God really was there. And I, and I remember that and I see that and how powerful that can be as evidence. So looking back and rereading my journal and rereading some of these things, there were things that I was praying for at the time as a missionary in Canada 20 years ago and concerned about that at the time I was like, ah, this isn't happening or things aren't happening the way that I want them to. But looking back and rereading it, I'm like, they were happening the entire time. I was even Mm -hmm. writing it down (laughs) But I was so caught in my own head that I was just not recognizing it at the time. But I'm like, the whole thing was a miracle. It was just almost daily. Like, all these miraculous things were happening. But it's not until the retrospective experience of looking back and rereading those that it's like, man, there were miracles the entire time. Right. And I was getting blessings the entire time. I just didn't see it.
0: And are you seeing the extra seat next to you as a miracle or just as a coincidence because i think that
1: yeah all of lord, us you can have... play it off and be like ah no that was just that was just a lucky coincidence. It was yeah. luck whatever
0: president nelson also says in the same way the lord will bro- bless you with miracles if you believe in him doubting nothing so that's a big key too is totally believing in god fully believing that he's capable of giving you a miracle and that you are capable of asking for a miracle. And he says, do the spiritual work to seek miracles. Prayerfully ask God to help you exercise that kind of faith. So doing the spiritual work, you know, in my mind is being in the right state of mind where you actually can seek miracles, have faith, and, and recognize them. I think if we are living our lives in such a noisy, loud, Hustle bustle kind of a way, we might just miss those things. They might still happen, or we might have an opportunity to bring them into our lives. But if we're so, if everything around us is so noisy, if we're so busy, if we're never quietly listening or seeking or or praying or reading our scriptures, we might not be able to see or receive those miracles as easily. But I think it's interesting that he says, do the spiritual work to seek miracles. And prayerfully ask God to help you exercise that kind of faith. Because it does take a tremendous amount of faith to say, okay, I believe that if I pray hard enough and, and believe completely that if it's God's will, that He will make my back fine so that I can be helpful on this trip. And He did. He made it happen. And He says, I promise that you can experience for yourself that Jesus Christ giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. So I really, really believe that that is available to everyone listening to this today. Whatever that miracle is that you need in your life, it might not look exactly the way that you think it will look. Maybe Moses asked for all of those soldiers that were going after them to just lose their way or disappear or something, I don't know, and instead God parted the Red Sea. So it might be a different kind of miracle than the one you specifically asked for, because God is not a vending machine. But if you have total faith in him, he will bring you the miracle that you need when you need it.
1: When I heard President Nelson say that, I'm like, that's really bold. Because I I think in an age and an era where there's so much people having so much reason to disbelieve, or so many people talking about losing faith or leaving faith or faith diminishing to completely say the opposite and say, you know, not only, Hey, just believe, but seek and expect miracles. That's a huge, that's a really bold statement to make, but how awesome. And it really, I don't know. It took me back to these moments where, you know, we really defined and were very specific about certain things that we wanted to have happen on my mission and, and other parts of my life where I've done that. And it's been amazing to see God come through. And again, the same thing, not as maybe not in the way that I thought or in the exact way, but a lot of times and most times better than what I would have thought. Yeah. Um, better. I agree. With and that. I think in the yeah. eternal grand scheme of things, 100% of the time, it'll be better than, than what we had in mind. So really cool.
0: So if you're looking for a step-by-step, this is basically it, to doubt nothing, do the spiritual work, pray and ask God to help you exercise the kind of faith you need. And then the promise is that you can experience for yourself that Jesus Christ will give you the strength to do what you need to do. I mean, that's the, those are the steps and that's the promise and that it it will accelerate your spiritual momentum. That realizing the Lord is helping you move a mountain in your life is one of the most powerful things that can happen to you. So I hope that you will take that challenge. I took it and it actually worked. It was pretty amazing. And then you're talking about how you did that on your mission and it worked over and over. So whatever it is in your life that you're thinking about right now in this moment, I would encourage you to take these steps, like I said, to really put your faith in God and then seek and expect a miracle and then watch and see what happens. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.